the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. You've got Dr. Mark and Larry Jones, and we're going to have a great show today, Larry. I mean, we're going to start. Uh, you know, I love it. We we talked to the producers about this. They need to go mm-hmm. back over all our shows yeah. and see yeah. what we have predicted. I think we're on our 94th show, Dr. Mark. No, really? Yeah. Man, we're going to yeah. have the 100 with the centennial We're going to have 100, shows, uh, 100 shows? show celebration here in, right. uh, towards the end of September, early October. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I tell you, this one... One, if, we should try to put that list together before that show. Yes. Because we have talked about a lot of things that happened a few weeks yeah. after. Exactly. We've and, got it all cataloged. And, you know, the, the interesting part about that, mm-hmm. it's not that we're soothsayers or mind no. readers. Yeah. It's really that Maybe this a stuff. Yeah, a little. We'll take a little credit. <laughs> Somebody else can give us that credit. That's right. But it's really that you can see, you know, this is a, it's an, it's a, the economy is like an animal that has behavior, right? Right. And the healthcare economy, even more so. And when people get these ideas that are, you know, land-breaking, quote-unquote, brilliant, sometimes that's exactly what they're not. Yep. I mean, sometimes the, the environment just doesn't allow for that dramatic a change. Right. And and that's what we've seen. So what I'm referring to is the announcement that we got from Amazon, Larry. Just yesterday. Yesterday. Yep. Talk yep. about that. It's, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm still, like, thrown back. I, I, am, I am a little uh, surprised as well, but Amazon announced that they plan to shut down their Amazon care division, the medical care services it sells to employer health plans at the end of this year, 1231. It's gone. Right. So this was the program that was expanding at high speed. They were going to be in like 20, 20 cities. Telehealth, primary care, telehealth, primary That's care. Right. That's and right. it was probably, I, I, you know, I'd have to see if they were spending a quarter of what they were spending on expansion on that. Yes. I mean, they've got a lot of other yep. things going on. Yep. No, no doubt. Yep. Amazon, mm-hmm. Still very much involved in healthcare. Yes. Oh, absolutely. They well, still own PillPack and all that. Well, I yeah. was going to say, you know, some of the things they do just make like PillPack. Yeah, yeah, it's delivering medications. Yeah, as part you of know that was that just way. launched two years ago, and that has pretty much become the dominant player right. in prescription pharmacy. But to me, that's exactly what Amazon does. Right. It really doesn't matter what the product is. That's you know, right. we've talked about they know how to get the product in folks' yep. hands yep. quickly, yep. cheaply, and safely. And yep. so, so that part. I didn't even really consider Amazon being in, in medicine when they were doing that. Right. They were just in a, in right. a product. But these other maneuvers where they actually are involving care providers, mm-hmm. much, much, much different. So well, let me so tell they you how they, out of this yeah, very, very large piece. Yeah, it is very large. And, you know, the, you, like you said, they were going to expand in 20 cities this year and all 50 states next year. You know, their, their PR group. That's kind of their thing. You remember when yeah. they talked yeah. about they had they had the uh, pilot policy. I'm sorry, pilot project mm-hmm. in uh, Seattle. Yes, and then they were they're going to expand it to the whole state. Yeah, and that's yeah. what they said. That was the same thing as we're going to be in 
20 cities and this many states. Right. So that's, I think that's kind of what their PR department talks about. What their, yeah, what they their were going to give it to their employees be. first right. and then move it to other employers that wanted it. And, but and now so they're then when they came up with Amazon back. Care, yeah. and that wasn't even Amazon Care. That, that was a whole different program. Yeah. Right? And that's so right. that program was kind of the spinoff of what they discussed when, when uh, Berkshire Hathaway and uh, uh, J.P. Morgan were talking to him about doing right. one thing right. all together. Yeah. That sort of spun out of that. Yeah, and that project has taken a whole new look. It has because they've done they spent more time looking at acquisitions. Like they're still they trying have. to acquire one medical. Yes, for just under four Almost billion dollars. Four billion dollars, and then yeah. another one is Signify Health. Right, right. That's yeah. another one. It's yeah. another digital health company. But let me kind of give but, you. But these the, these don't really uh, deal with the doctors, though, right? No. And no, so no. there are other pieces. Well, one medical is a primary care network. Right, right. Yeah, that's the yeah, one. That's, yeah, the, one. that's okay, the one. Okay. But let me kind of throw this in, and I'm surprised they're going ahead with that acquisition considering their C- CEO made this comment. Primary care is a difficult business and a loss leader for many healthcare organizations. He says hospitals don't make money on providing primary care services, but it serves as the entry point for patients in need of more complex care, Dr. Right. Mark. Of course. Perfect. Of course. Yeah. Which is we've talked about this is yeah. why hospitals will tend to to go through cycles where they will purchase yeah. practices of primary care because that's the gate, right? If they right. control the covered lives through the primary yeah. care provider, that's where they're gonna go yeah. for their medical services. Yeah. And so this so when you peel that off. How, yeah. how do you profit? Well, the investment industry is looking at this as, okay, you've decided to pull Amazon Care. Are you really going to go through with the one medical acquisition? And that's to be seen. Well, I'm sure a number of the physicians in that one, in, mm-hmm. in that, uh, one medical plan mm-hmm. were going to be used for telehealth. Yeah, they were. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm so, sure they were. So, if they're, so now they've basically knocked out X number of primary care spots that they need. Yeah. So who knows? I guess next week, maybe this will be one one of your predictions. Hopefully. Next yeah, week, yeah. And, you know, they'll be back and down I, again. I, I actually predict that they may not go through with that acquisition. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And, 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 and I may be wrong. Yeah, well, yeah. here's the thing. This is – Amazon is a brilliant business, yeah. okay? Yeah. Highly successful. Yeah. Do they even need to be in healthcare? Exactly. They don't, right? Yeah. So – but if they had a better mousetrap, and yeah. I'm sure they were convinced they Amazon had Amazon basically is a delivery system. It it, it has yeah. the opportunity. I mean, it, it's it's really its people, okay? It, yeah. It's it's yeah. leadership. There are just a lot of brilliant minds in the group. So I don't doubt that they have things to offer to healthcare. What I yeah. doubt is that they'd be very impressed with the profits that they would see. Yeah. And I think that's that's the realization that's coming yeah. to the front. Now you take somebody like Walgreens. Mm-hmm. Well, Walgreens has a secondary gain yes. by having a loss leader. That's right. Right. And, and they're so, a PBM too. And they're a PBM. And a retail store. Now, you know, if if Amazon wanted to pick up those pieces, but that is so yeah. far outside yeah. of what they do. Yeah. So I And I look what I Walgreens has actually done, Dr. Mark. They farmed off their primary care right. to Village MD. Right. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, I think yeah. they're they're still gonna profit from that to, they to are. an extent. They are. But the reality is they're they're willing to pay somebody else to manage that yeah. because they're going to get traffic to their stores. Yeah. You know, right? let me kind of and throw pharmacies. something out. Let me tell you what wall street has said about this, the investment community, uh-huh. because I mean, everybody watches what's going on with Amazon sure. as one of the probably big top five companies in America says they're just shutting down this experiment. And they say, I think it's clear that Amazon is bought into areas that they think are interesting, but they don't know exactly 
have a final strategy on all these different balls that they're buying come together and interact appropriately. Yep, I thought that was an interesting statement. Yep, they're still up 1.5% today. But anyway, yeah, exactly. You know, but yeah. it is. And what's their stock selling at? Like, uh, let's see. What are they selling at these days? 135 a share, 136 okay. a share. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, so I mean, they're still, I, I mean, I think that's, that, that's fair because yep. this was a financial endeavor that wasn't going to break the bank. Right. And there are a lot of, a lot of CEOs out there that will tell you that they learn more by doing than by listening to advice. Right. Exactly. And so maybe yep. that's what we're going to see. But I, but yeah. if Amazon backs out, I wouldn't be shocked if yep. they just stuck to delivery and device. Exactly. And played exactly. it. Which I have to tell you, I'm, I'm a little sad for some of the things that I think their, their CEO mm-hmm. and, and their executive table could bring to med- right. medical care. Right. But as soon as you start employing physicians and big groups, I mean, I can't, I really can't get behind that. Well, the way I look at this is, you know, I, I uh, take care of all our primary cares in our network and they're all independent. Last week, you and I talked about CVS, Walgreens, Walmart, and Amazon being the big four threats for independent primary care. Well, maybe one of them just went away, Dr. Mark. It, it may, it may <laughs> indeed have gone away. That, 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 yeah. that was, I, that yeah. was really amazing. That was, yeah. that's, that is definitely the uh, the fact of the of the show today yep. is is this Amazon change exactly. But we'll have to talk about something else. We can't yeah. talk about Amazon the whole the whole no, day. No, absolutely not. What else you want to? Well, you know, I on? think uh, this week in the news uh, on August fourteenth, was just last week, right? HHS Health and Human Services announced did not announce that the COVID nineteen public health emergency was going to go away. Right. So now that extends it past October thirteenth because if you remember, HHS repeatedly promised to notify states at least sixty days in advance before the public health emergency would be uh, ended. So that's that's a in response to the the IRA that we talked about last week. Exactly. Right? A lot of other programs and subsidies and investment opportunities and caring that is funded by the government is all pinned against this uh, public health emergency. So I wanted to do a little deeper dive on this okay. because there, there are other issues. Uh, Biden just announced that uh, he was going to uh, put forth forgiveness to some of the student loans. I saw that. And is that part of the IRA or is that – I think um, that's a separate – that's deal. a separate bill completely. Yeah, separate in fact, bill. he used an executive order right. no, I know, to do yeah, that. Yeah. That is not a congressional so, so order. I, I want to look yeah. at the details on that because yeah. there were things about different grants that, that yeah. may or may not, like yeah. whether the Pell Grants counted. And yeah. how, how well, let me throw something in there. Evidently, and I, I did look at that, uh, he's forgiving $10,000 on each student loan if you make less than $125,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And but, on each student or right. yeah, yeah. But, if you yeah, make less than 125, but then also it went on to say that, do you realize that the average student loan in America is $59,000? Yeah, I figured it'd be. And the problem. average yeah. time it takes to pay that off after people have graduated, which is normally five years, is another five to 10 years. Yeah. yeah. So now you're looking at 15 to 20 years before these loans are paid back. Yeah, but honestly, that's a little bit because of the the culture that loans because there's there's forgiveness of of interest for a while until right, you get right. your next spot, and we yeah. see this in medicine a lot. Uh, but this basically is is dumbing it down to, you know, right when you get out of school. Let's uh, yeah. I know more yeah. about the medicine side, right? And, so, right so let's right. say let's say somebody gets into their residency. 
Well, they're going to make less than 125. Of course. So they're yeah. going to be able to knock 10 grand. But if they wait right, right. and they defer payment until they're done with the residency. And they're actually practicing, they don't qualify. They're not, they're not, That's right. Yeah, they're That's not going right. to qualify. But I think this is actually going to be the, uh, this year. And, you know, Dr. Mark, we never get into the politics of this thing. Yeah. But basically, this $10,000, a couple people have said, well, that'll bar- barely caught cover the penalties and interest on these loans. And right. basically what they're doing is trying to buy votes. Sure, sure, sure. No, you know that. Did they yeah. come up with a total number of dollars they thought that was going to encompass? Uh, I didn't see that. If it, yeah, I mean, if it, it should be there. calculable. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, because most of the students, and that's why I sort of said it was, yeah. it's 10000 per student because most of the students have multiple loans. They get a loan every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you but, know, I feel for these people that come out of school, particularly physicians, with, you know, $200,000, $300,000 in debt. You know, and I, it takes them forever to pay all that off. I'll, I'll tell you, with the, I, I, I have to be honest and tell you, mm-hmm. I, I tell my med students that they can't fear that debt because okay. even though it sounds like a big number, yep. the biggest thing you have in, in medicine is you have job security. Right. 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 And so it may not be the, the job or the payment that you're looking for, but you mm-hmm. have security. They, they can pay those loans off. Okay. So they're investing in that side of their education. I think the group that is in most trouble are the ones that did this in college and maybe didn't even finish college or didn't use mm-hmm. what they learned in college in the workplace. And so they're, they're that group that's making less yeah. than 125000 well, I'm glad you mentioned that because it did indicate that only 17% of these loans actually went to advanced degrees. Yeah, yep. so so that's yeah. – but those people who got the advanced degrees may have gotten those loaned in undergraduate. Exactly. And carried it on. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is behindhealthcarenow.com. That's behindhealthcarenow.com. Yeah, we'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion. On the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You have found Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. And Larry, we didn't quite finish our uh, healthcare policy news. We got, right. I, I, I kind of sidetracked you talking about student loans. Sure. But topics that come up a lot. Uh, but, you know, I think we, the, the basic line is, is what we had said before these things are being promoted. And the other piece of that, mm-hmm. that Inflation Reduction Act, were you know, some of the small business loans. Well, if you remember, we talked about seven health care issues of the Inflation Reduction Act last week. Yes, yes. And they really all dealt with pharmacy. Yes, they all did. They all did. Yeah, they yes. all did. So these yeah. these are other pieces that are sort of more general and, you know, make, adds to the confusion. But yeah. but yeah. it's it's the you, you mentioned it before. It's about votes and whatnot, because it when is. we talk it about is. things like, you know, the 
the uh, the the money that's going into the ACA for subsidies. Yep. That's a big hot topic, yep. even though it really doesn't yep. affect that many people. No, I well, mean, they, they got twenty four million people in uh, right, the but, ACA today. Yeah, but yep. but not all twenty four million are getting big subsidies. That's true. I don't right? know what percent. Yeah, I think right. they figure about seventy five percent do yep. get some subsidy. Right. So it's still it's not. I mean, when you look at the adult voting public. Yeah. But yeah. you're right, Dr. Mark. It's 10 or 15% of that 24 million yep. that are fully subsidized in that program. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it is going to be a big deal, and it's going to be used in both directions, right? Yeah. So when mm-hmm. whenever whoever takes office next is probably going to let that sundown because you have to at some point. You have so. to get back to a yeah. norm, yeah. and they're going to be beaten yeah. up for that, yeah. but it's really not going to affect yeah. you know that tremendous number of people. Just yeah, like the know, ACA never really affected that exactly. many people. Well, you know, and I think you can't keep printing money in Washington and not have it backed up with taxable income. Nope. But we're doing it. Oh, yeah. Fiat's from day one. Yeah, we yep. won't get into that. No, that's no. a whole different. That's story. a whole different economy. That's right. And that's right. We're gonna. I don't know. I think the the next the next group might just come with a uh, a, a new the the next Bitcoin for America and yep. uh, just yep. just change it all yep. over. Yep. So. I got to look more into that Bitcoin thing, Doctor Mark. You know, I'm I'm a I'm part of the group that just doesn't understand that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a big group. That's a big. And group. I know you're in it a little bit. I am. It. I am. No, you you're going to have not. to educate me on that. Yeah, I won't do that. At all. I don't want anybody to take it as advice. But right. uh, I do do like to learn about these things. And yeah, and it the I guess the the argument has always been that it is not nearly as foreign as you think it is. Right. Because right. when when we look at our current state, we keep talking about it. We, that's right. Whenever you say we're just printing money. Yeah. What you're saying is we're printing money that doesn't have gold to back it up. That's exactly right. And we've been doing that for decades. Or tax dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've yeah. been doing we've been doing that for decades. Forever. Right? Yeah. And so that so that makes us yeah. a Yeah, uh, when was Clinton in office? In the eighties? Yes. Eighty to eighty eight? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was the last time the budget in America did not have a deficit. Right, but but we were off of the gold as being our standard uh, in the seventies, right? Was that seventies? Yes, yeah, I believe yeah. it was, yeah. yeah. So so we were sort of we had gotten to the point where we're just going to look at the budget and say we can afford this much, and right. and that's that's shot right. That's gone, gone, gone. <laughs> trillions and trillions of dollars gone. Exactly. But anyway, man, we, we're really digressing. Yep. Let's Ooh. let's talk about something else. How yeah, about we, we've got an interesting thing uh, on August fourteenth. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, August sixteenth. The FDA issued a final rule to make available over the counter hearing aids intended for people over eighteen years of age and older who have perceived mild to moderate hearing impairment, and you can get this without a prescription or without a hearing aid test. Right, because right now, if you want a hearing aid, you're going to see your general practitioner. They're going to refer you to an audiologist. Uh, you're going to be evaluated, and then yep. a, then you're probably going to get a prescription for a specific right. type of hearing aid. And Medicare, straight Medicare, does not cover that at all. Right, and, but yeah. but you see, like if all, we've all gone to the Sams and the Costcos, and you see that, that yep. it's it's a big, big, big business. It's a big business. The technology has really changed, like everything else. And now, what would be an entry level hearing aid right. is actually quite complex. So the idea here is, most of the population that need a hearing aid. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't have severe hearing loss. Correct. In the fact, twenty nine million people is what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so they might benefit from just, hey, you know what? I'm going to try this thing out. Yeah. And and I'm going to save the money and avoid of the nearly three thousand dollars in testing and sure. and all that stuff before you can even get your hearing aids. Right. So then the next question is, yeah. you know, who's it? Go- That's who it's focused on, right? Yeah. The next question is. is, what about if you have really complex or great 
high level here, you're still going to need to be evaluated. Now, I don't, yeah. I'm not saying that that one is bad and the other is good. I'm just saying that if yeah. if, if one of our listeners, no pun intended, yeah. is uh, got severe hearing loss and they're they're likely to really mm-hmm. need the continued yeah. evaluation because there are all sorts of different adjustments right. and types of yeah. hearing aids uh, that might might be helpful that right. they need to be fully fully yeah. aware. Yeah, well, you probably know some physicians that specialize in audiology, and I could tell you if you were to take this to them, they're going to tell you they don't like this at all. Right. If it's yeah. if it's going to decrease, and you know, right. it's it's a little self serving, but on the other hand, if you're trying to make sure everybody's getting the right product, yeah. you know, I think the 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 uh, FDA is just looking at this like, well, we're going to get it right this percentage of the time, right? Get it wrong this percentage of the time, and we're going to save this much money. Yeah. Well, so it's now worthwhile. Yeah, there's evidently been some lobbying in this for the FDA to issue a rule like this mm-hmm. because they estimate that there's about 30 million Americans that experience some type of hearing loss, but only 20 percent of that, Doctor Mark, actually get help. Because of the cost. Well, because of the cost yeah. or, or, you know, sometimes it's a better excuse to not be told what yeah. uh, you had to do because you sure. couldn't hear them. You know, sure. there's some yeah. of that. So, But if you go to like a Costco or a Walmart, yep. your audiology tr- uh, testing is going to be anywhere from around twelve to $1,400. If you go to a physician and go through all the rigors, it's going to be close to $5,000. Really? Really? Yeah. 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 Well, you know, the physicians typically, they're not audiologists, right? That's, that's a whole separate, whole separate crowd. I guess an audiologist is a, would that be, that's a technician. Would that be epidemiology? No, no, they're audiologists. They're They're audiologists. Okay. Okay. Look at it this way. You're, it's a little bit like the division between an ophthalmologist and someone who's just making the glasses and an optometrist. Optometrist. So you can go to your optometrist and you'll get a full professional exam yes, yes. Um, using the same technology. And an optometrist and, does not have an MD degree. Correct. That's correct. So ophthalmologist does. Right. And so yeah. the optometrist doesn't do surgery and doesn't treat diseases of the eye, but they're fully qualified to treat vision. So vision, so yeah, for an yeah. audiologist, they are fully qualified to evaluate the hearing and try to figure out what hearing aids you might need. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go see a physician who works with, hearing loss, they're more likely to be like a, an ENT physician that might even do implantable devices mm-hmm. or have some, yeah. but they don't, they're but those typically are your chronic hearing problems when well, you're all stark chronic. and all they're that. all chronic. Yeah. yeah they're yeah. all chronic, yeah. but, but they're, the, they're severe and yeah. there are things that, that the technology of the hearing aids really don't address. Right. 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 So, right. I mean, they're, it's, it's, they're treating deafness right. as opposed to just making things a little bit louder, a little bit easier to, mm-hmm. to hear, because a lot of a lot of hearing hearing deficits come with the inability to differentiate sounds, like background sounds become foreground sounds, and you can't hear the things that you're going to be focusing on. I so, it. so it, it it is very complex, yeah. and I think what the result of this is going to be more people will have access, and there's also going to be a good percentage of people that are going to try them and go say so didn't work, not, I, didn't yeah. work. Well, let me ask you this: you know, being a physician, an MD. I realize not trained in audiology, but do you feel this is a good law, Dr. Mark? I don't think there's a lot to lose. Okay. 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 Um, I think that it's it doesn't, like from the physician standpoint, this does not represent a, a huge side of their income for okay. any physicians. Okay. Um, I think the audiologists 
are getting beaten up here. They are definitely uh-huh. going to get beat up. And then I think that but that Medicare idea- doesn't cover that to start with, unless you're in a Medicare Advantage plan. Right now, if you're in a Medicare Advantage plan, I can tell you, among all the plans, mm-hmm. usually you've got a maximum allowable amount of a thousand dollars to cover audiology. Just a grand. Huh? Just a grand for the year. Interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and these these hearing aids are expensive. Oh yeah, right. They're very expensive. Oh, my mother-in-law had them. She'd lose two a year, three thousand bucks a piece. I think. I think uh, there was one that you could you could dry in the microwave, and I think my dad melted at least at least three <laughs> pairs at, from Costco. Yeah. It's and so, tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's it's a it is a. I, I don't I don't think it's going to be hugely impactful, nor do I think it's going to have any any negative yeah. effects yeah. Uh, to any great degree. I have a lot of compassion for people that have hearing problems, Doctor Mark. That's yeah. got to be a tough road. Well, the biggest part is the unrecognized side of it, yeah. and we yeah. we see that a lot in kids, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah, you know, so okay. that, that becomes that becomes okay. a really big deal because without normal hearing, you can't have normal speech. And don't they test kids pretty early in elementary school? To. Yes, supposed to. That's and, supposed uh, to be supposed to be testing that, hearing that, and vision tubes pretty early. And that kind of thing. That I know, I had one granddaughter went through tubes for years. Yes, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. keep the the I guess the. The fluid out, the fluid yeah, out of her ears. Yeah, yeah and the yeah, idea yeah. there was it, the the fluid was impacting the ability to hear, which was impacting her ability to speak. Sound like she was hearing underwater is yep, the way that right. she described it. Yep, yep, yep. So, so if you don't, I mean, that's that's where we see a lot of the the speech issues coming in. So, okay, okay. so that's that that wraps that up. I think All that's right. pretty good. Yep. What do we got next, Larry? But you know, CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart, through the big boys that we've talked about, have been ordered to pay six hundred and fifty million dollars. For their role in the opioid epidemic, Dr. Mark. Right. So let's go over sort of like we've got a couple of minutes left. We can talk about how, how you sort of follow the ball on this, yes. right? So we've got, I actually we've got, have spoken to CVS executives about this yep. and what their response is going to be. But go ahead. So yep. we'll start with the producers, right? So right. we've got right. the Mallinckrodt's and the Purdue's, yep. and they, yep. they have either had judgments against them already or they're in process. So they're the ones that are making the drugs. So the next discussion was, well, how did the drugs get to the people? So then you had the groups like McKesson were like, well, look, we're just a delivery system. You can't blame us, That's but right. they can. And yes. this is the next step because well, there's this some is, laws governing that. For sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And and the laws were – the oversight that was missed is that there were areas that saw such huge increases in opioid use. Yeah, and opioid like prescriptions. Hundreds of yeah. percent – Increases and you saw and, that and in no Orlando or sure. a few years Absolutely. ago, right? And 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 nobody who would have known. Well, I tell you who would have known the two groups I just mentioned and mm-hmm. these groups. So the actual ones, the actual pharmacies that are putting it out, mm-hmm. right? So those are the three entities that the federal government could sue because right. they actually have money. Well, if you remember, a couple of weeks ago we talked about these three entities represent eighty percent of the prescriptions drug written in America, right? Right. So guess and, who they're and targeting? That, and that, well, yeah. and that includes yeah. uh, prescription yeah. drugs right. are the right. opioids. Well, and again, uh, the uh, the the United States District Court in Ohio found that the six hundred and fifty million dollar verdict comes after the jury found that in November that the companies dispensed massive quantities of opioids, but ignored the signs that the pills were being abused. Right. Right, so same, same idea. Yeah. So they they yeah. they could see that there was so much out there. Well, what did the uh, what did the uh, CVS? The CVS. Yeah, we got we got a minute. Uh, we got a second. You know, I talked to CVS about this, and one of their actually one of their board members, and he said that you know we send out letters regularly when we see abuses to physicians saying 
uh, you, we feel you're overprescribing opioids, and they get pushback from the doctors. And CVS's contention is, how do we tell a doctor what to do? Well, I would I would tell you that they do it all the time. Exactly. Okay, and yeah. and there are the the well, states, that's going to be their defense the, the, in this. Yeah, that's not going to yeah. work. They're yeah. going to yeah. be paying money. They're going to exactly. pay money. And I'm not yeah. I'm not trying to be mean about no, it. I I'm hear just you. saying yeah. I'm just saying with with the precedent that has been set in the courts today on this issue. Yep. Yep. That same argument has been made over and over again, and the answer has yep. always been, but yep. you saw something abnormal. Mm-hmm. See something, say something. That's it. We're going to take a break and come back. We're going to talk about this a little bit more, Dr. Mark. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is behindhealthcarenow.com. That's behindhealthcarenow.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You are back with Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we were uh, talking about the CVS Walgreens Walmart ordered to pay $650 million for their role in the opioid epidemic. And, you know, their their argument or their defense was, well, look, you know, when we see abnormal prescribing by individual doctors. We address it. We address it. That's right. But if the doctor says, no, I meant to do that, and and you need to fill, what do you do? Right. And and – this is just the same discussion that we've seen since there was a recognition of this incredible. That there was a problem. And, and when you yeah. when you start looking at the actual numbers, mm-hmm. you're just scratching your head like how, 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 how can there possibly happen? be these kind this, of prescriptions it, it, written? Right. And yeah. it, I mean, it's not. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I paid a little bit more in the electric bill. Maybe I got a little maybe I'm leaving a window open. <laughs> this is like your roof is gone. Yes. And you're yes. just pouring. The, it, it was It's crazy. Yeah. And and I think at the end of the day. They're gonna they're gonna figure yeah. it out and settle out a number, and hopefully that number can be used yeah. the FDA and can send that to the DEA, and we can address some of the other drug problems that we have in the United States. Yeah. Well, there's a couple things that I didn't mention when we were talking about earlier. CVS Health recently settled a lawsuit in Florida for four hundred eighty-four million dollars that claim was owed to the state for opioid abuse on their Medicaid programs. Interesting. And Interesting. then Purdue Pharma, the mm-hmm. maker of OxyContin. Are you aware they declared bankruptcy? Of course. Yeah, of course. Of yeah. course, yeah. And they reached a $6 billion out-of-court settlement. Right. That's the Sacklers, the, but the Sacklers were exactly, able to keep themselves exactly. out yeah. personally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was uh, – which which uh, which show um, that, that was, I was telling you that about now? Uh, Dope Sick kind of okay. goes so, – Okay. So Dope Sick is a show. It's, it's one of the uh, Netflix or Apple. You know, I can – I'll buzz, buzz market all of them. 
But Dope yeah. Sick is an excellent yeah. show. Michael Keaton uh, stars in that one, and it goes over the story yeah. very specifically and goes over that that discussion, that trial, yeah. and and the outcome. Yeah, right. Well, both CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart took the position and the notion that pharmacies should not second guess doctors, Doctor Mark. Yeah, I again. You don't think I, that's going to There's fly. not a single doctor yeah. that's going to agree with that. That of doesn't course. work for one of these guys because exactly because we get phone calls. Rightfully so. They're trying to protect the patients, and yep. and th- there are there are times when let's just say that that a little forethought wouldn't wouldn't have allowed them to make that phone call. This one doesn't take any forethought. This is like a big red flag that jumps up on their computer screen, and it's not one doctor. They can look and see that their pharmacy has purchased a yes. hundred times more oxycontin in this period of time than the, the same period of time two years ago. They can see that. And they don't have to go to the doctor. They can go to to the DEA, and they can say, "Hey, not pointing any fingers, but seems to be something right. going on." And and it's not just them. There, but this is I don't I don't want to say it's the last group, but it's the last group that has financial viability yep. to pay for these things, yep. and that's why they're they're a target. You know, Purdue, yep. Mallinckrodt already on the hook there yep. for yep. much bigger numbers, right? Right. And this and, and McKesson, well, I believe, who would have well. ever thought the manufacturer of OxyContin would go bankrupt? Well, it, yeah. it, well, I tell you, go, watch watch yeah. that story. It's it's a really well produced story. Okay, and you can sort of see the cycle of eventually, no mm-hmm. one can hide. Right. Eventually, and, no one can and, hide. And, you know, but, addiction but, in America is huge, yeah. and I think all this is focused to try and avoid that if possible. Well, we're in a recovery phase, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and there's a real question whether we'll we'll ever recover. I mean, you can stop the production, yep. uh, but now we have we have fentanyl coming in yep. from foreign sources, and yep. so you know the need the yep. need the draw was created, yep. and it, it's a it's a well, huge concern. I don't know if in twenty twenty one a hundred thousand people in America died from drug overdose. Right, a hundred thousand people. Yep, yep. Now that that's numbers that number is not going down. No. And and part of it is related to and no one no one ever thought this no one ever said oh these drug users they're just illicit drug users out there getting yep. illegal stuff yep. no one thought that this came from a company that was producing something for prescription to care for cancer patients right no one no right. one saw it coming yeah exactly a- until it became. The dollar became more important than than the person. So yeah. so, and that's you now that's where we ended out. Now we're nowhere near recovered. Nowhere right. near. No, I I agree. Yeah, I see. We see it in our own patients that we manage. Sure. You know. Yeah. No, it is. It is. I mean, and and to to say that people are over cautious today uh, is is accurate, but mm-hmm. but that's why we we need to keep these stories in the news because they they remind physicians that. You know, a lot of drugs, a lot of overdoses mm-hmm. occur yep. by by drugs that mm-hmm. were given in the appropriate amount, the appropriate dose, right. but they weren't used because right. a lot of folks were like, "Yeah, yeah I'll t- I got this Percocet, but you know what? I'm gonna, I'm not going to use right. it." Right. They put it in their in their cabinet, in their medicine cabinet, mm-hmm. and then one of the kids gets it yep. and either uses it or sells it, and then we've got either yep. addiction or sure. worse yet, death. Well, you know, when you break it down. Uh, we talked about 100,000 deaths last year. Mm-hmm. 2.3 million people hit the ER last year with drug overdose. Yeah, yeah. And and if you look at the age breakdown. That's a lot of people. We're talking about a lot of, lot of young people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not all, yeah. but a lot of young people. A lot of young people, yeah. yep. 
All right. Well, I'm sure we'll come back to this yeah. in a, a future we'll discussion. Keep, we'll keep following this lawsuit and see where this goes. Yep. Now, CVS and yep. Walgreens and Walmart are going to have to uh, – maybe they won't be able to hire as many doctors if they have to pay out. <laughs> six, six, well, four. and maybe that will help our primary care effort. And, and was that <laughs> – I, I meant to ask, $650 million between the three of them or each? Uh, I think it's combined. Combined? Yep. Yeah. But again, they've already paid, like CBS yeah. already paid Florida $484 million. Right. Yeah. The states yep. sued them separately. Yep. And yep. then uh, uh, Walmart and Walgreens ended up paying some significant dollars already in the state of Ohio. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. Let's go into uh, employee health care plan costs because there's a there's a, 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 a prediction that's a little disturbing. It is very disturbing. You know, we t- we've talked about employer health care. Yeah, let's talk about 165 yeah. million of the 330 million Americans get their insurance, health insurance through their employer. Mm-hmm. And the prediction from health exec says that employer health care plans cost will rise again next year in 2023. And the disturbing part is that today, on average, people spend twelve thousand dollars a year for health care. On average, per person, it's going to go up to thirteen thousand eight hundred dollars, wow. eighteen hundred dollars more. That is a significant increase over where we are. And it's stated that the price increases are due to impacts of new technology, mm-hmm. severity of catastrophic claims. Blockbuster drugs, meaning all the new drugs, which we just talked about on right. the market, an increasing share of specialty drugs, according to the researchers. I don't know. I'm What's sure. What's your thoughts on this, Dr. Well, Burke? it goes back to the, the same thing every time is who who's making the money. Yep. And, you know, when your profit margin is so great, yep. it is your, your goal and your, your answer to your board and your stockholders is, yep. well, if we made – our profit margin was this last year. We need it to increase at least with increase with the, the, the cost of living exactly. increases, right? Right. But that's just not true because in healthcare, we're in a crisis of, yes. of spending. Yes, no and, question. And so increasing that dollar amount does absolutely zero to address the spending. Yeah, it I mean, does. It, it really, it's just, it just feeds that fire. Yeah, well, one of the things that uh, they're saying also is that, you know, in, in light of a tight labor market, mm-hmm. employers are spending a more disproportionate amount for the premium to pay for it for their employees to keep good employees. Right. And, and I get that. Yeah. And yeah. and this gets back to, you know, the ACA and the discussion of, yeah. you know, if you have more than 50 employers, you have to offer yeah. And a lot of people today, even our company, we're offering defined benefits. Mm-hmm. In other words, we give them a, a health care benefit up to a certain amount. Right, right. So it's sort yeah. of a yeah. – Based on what their costs are. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of a catastrophic policy yeah. coverage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, there, there are different ways that the companies get around it, but we're, every company's having trouble holding on to employees, yeah. getting new employees. Right. Right. And that, that used to be the big thing is like you want to you have a good uh, retirement package, yeah. a good health care package. Yeah. Yep. But at that point, those companies, unlike mm-hmm. the companies that are tr- increasing their fees, right. those companies don't have that profit margin. Right. Dr. Mark, I'm going to a reception tonight in downtown Orlando with a bunch of agents and brokers mm-hmm. that represent large, medium, and small-size employers all over Central Florida. Right. And they've invited me to come because we're looking at this Alliance Health Program, right. and these guys represent. And I think the biggest issue, the message, they've asked me, what is the message? The message is preventative and wellness with primary care 
and to manage chronic illnesses on the upside versus waiting until it turns into an acute position. Right, right, Larry. And, and those are Is that not the message, that, Dr. That, Martin? That is, but as important is we have recognized that we don't have to make the profit that they're making. That's right. That we're starting from this end and, and, and hopefully setting an example that yep. other groups can develop these companies yep. that are yep. completely viable. Right. That they pay their employees, absolutely. They pay their directors. They pay everybody gets what they deserve, yep. but they don't have these monstrous profits yep. that don't belong in healthcare. They don't belong right. in an industry that costs the country yeah. so Especially much. Especially on the other half, we're talking employer hundred sixty five. The other hundred sixty five million, which is fifty percent, yep. are all government paid. Yes, with taxpayers' right. dollars. Right. That's so you're where paying you're into that. From. Yeah, you're paying into that yeah. as well, right? So, right. so that's the answer. It's not that you know when they say, well, how can you offer an insurance product so much more cheaply? And it's it's yeah. pretty simple. It we're, is simple. We're, we're yeah. not charging as much. That's right. And That's every right. one of these companies and can we're just, steering. They could, drop it, they could drop their charges yeah. Yeah. today. Oh, without a doubt. But but the issue is we're steering our patients to the right care at the right place at the right time for an appropriate amount of money. Right. And a good example of that is imaging. You yes. go to the hospital and MRI costs you twelve hundred dollars. Or six thousand dollars and you end up a copay of twelve hundred. You go to an outpatient independent imaging center, that MRI is $450. But but here's the flaw in that, mm-hmm. that philosophy, because these insurance companies that are increasing their rates, they're trying to do that too. They are. But when they do that, the profits aren't going back. They're not paying you back for no. going to a cheaper place. Absolutely not. Right? Yep. And in fact, there, they, there are lots of mechanisms that they're very proud of and, and that, that say – United came out and said, you know, if you're going to have surgery and it can be done in an outpatient we're center. We're not going to pay for it. We're not going right. to pay for it if That's you right. don't go to an outpatient That's center, right. Right? That's right? Or they'll set up your copays are much more at the hospital than they would be at the outpatient. Yep. So those are all initiatives. Yep. But, Larry, not a doggone year has gone by when we haven't paid more for yep. our premiums. Yep. In other words, when has anyone ever called you up and said, guess what, Dr. Mark? You your employer us- premium is going to go down this year. You saved us so much money. <laughs> That we're going to refund. It doesn't happen. Great point. It doesn't happen. Yeah. And and that's where we've lost. The system is broken. And until we have different groups like Alliance Health that come in and say, here's the product, here's the coverage, here's the cost. And what we're, what we're not going to have to show you here is these monstrosities of, of profits that we're not going to yeah. make. Because yeah. that's not what we have to do. Absolutely not. You know, it's, it's complicated, but you have to know how to access health care in an appropriate manner. Dr. Uh, Mark, when we come back... We're going to talk about some trends in healthcare insurance in the private sector. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is behindhealthcarenow.com. That's behindhealthcarenow.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion. On the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. 
Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. You've got Dr. Mark and Larry Jones, and we were finishing up a discussion about him, employer health care plan costs. And really, we were talking about where the money goes, where and how do you save money yep. if you're if you're if you're an employer and or quite frankly if you're an employee and you want to talk to your employer about how do you save money on healthcare yep. costs. Yep. There there's something the deep the DPCs. We talked about this yeah. some a direct couple primary months care. Ago. Yeah. yeah, we did. Direct primary care. Yeah. So talk about what, yeah. what that means what, again. What it's been a some bit. employers have actually come to us and talked about is you have independent primary care network. Mm-hmm. We do. And they say, would your independent primary care physicians be willing to be an assigned primary care doctor for my 50 employees, even though they're under either a self-insured or a fully insured plan, but yet we pay them a capitated rate for selected primary care services, mainly biometrics, annual wellness, and preventative care, and access to a PCP 24-7, similar to a concierge program. And employers are willing to do that to focus in on the right care at the right place, Dr. Mark. Right, because if you're dealing with a primary care doctor that's wise to where you should go, as opposed to one that you call and the recording says, if this is an emergency, go to the the ER, right? So if, if you can have somebody on the other end of that phone or the other end of that telemedicine call that says, you know what? Uh, this doesn't look too severe. I can see you tomorrow. Right. Or, or yep. you know what? You, just to be safe, why don't you go here? Here's the urgent care near you. Why don't you go there for mm-hmm. evaluation? And I'm and, and they'll call me and we'll see if we need to do a next step. Well, actually, and, the primary care, the DPC, the direct primary care program right. for employers has a couple of caveats in it. Mm-hmm. One, the doctor will see you in one to two days. Yes. You are available. He is available or his people are available or she, or yep. she he yep. or she yep. is available 24 seven. Yes. yes. Similar it's, it's to concierge. concierge. It's concierge. Yeah. Yeah. And also you have the ability to access care almost anytime you need it. Yeah. And you're not treated like you are as if you're just a normal patient uh, being bit, insurance so and assigned to that. Yeah. And I they want to be treated differently. That's what Dr. I kind of referred yeah. to yeah. earlier that, that yeah. this was a, a, a concierge medicine Yep. The the challenge on the other side mm-hmm. is for the primary care physician that agrees to do this. If this is only a side business in their practice within a, yeah, a, a small which, piece within the practice, which is the way it's designed. It right? is. That's exactly yeah. the way it's designed. So, so yep. it, it does become challenging because now you have sort of two classes of patients. You have that and, and the, that can get tricky, but I'm yep. not saying it shouldn't be done. I think it should yep. be done. I think yep. it makes sense. Yep. And at some point. The, the DPC providers might be able to do that full time. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because one of the things that the employers that we have two big employers that we're working with us now, uh-huh. one of the questions they're asked is, how's the primary care doctor going to distinguish my employees from all his other patients? Right. They gotta have, you have to have a secret, so you just secret, pa- that. secret yeah. password. How are you no. going to do that? How are yeah. you going to do that? Yeah. So, so the, I think the, the, Customer satisfaction is going to rely on that and exactly that. So it's it'll be it'll be a numbers game. And you know, concierge practice is kind of an interesting concept. And and really it's only worked when a person has a practice that is just overwhelmingly busy. Yep. Right? Yep. And then they announce to their way too and many probably clients. Probably has some uh, nurse practitioners also. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But they're they're they've gotten to the point where they really just can't keep up. And what they're doing is they're announcing mm-hmm to their 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 clients that okay 
we can continue to see you, but you're going to pay a fee. And a large percentage of their clients are just going to say, well, I've already got insurance. I'm already paying insurance fees. I'm not paying you anything else. Right. You know, you're not that special. And they're going to leave. So, yep. so you're going to diminish the number of patients you see, which yep. is going to improve the quality of care you deliver to those right. patients. And that sort of covers the cost. So DPC might be a way for people to get into that that concierge network yep. without yep. losing all of their patients. Exactly. You know, or if exactly. they're or if they're in a practice that is just building. It's and, not overwhelming. Yeah. It's not bursting at the seams yet. This could be a piece that they can get started on with and then they might say, Okay, you know what, I, I don't need to grow quite so fast mm-hmm. and you know, maybe I can get one more provider and, right. and work it that way. Well the convincing point for a primary care physician, even though he's a very busy practice, is here's an opportunity for you to hone your preventive and wellness program. Right. For all your patients. Sure, sure. But you have a select group of patients that you work on until yep. you get it where you need to be. No, I agree. I agree. But you got to, yeah. you got to, you got to, he or she, man. I'll, he or I'll, she. I, the, I, when I the say la- he, the, I mean. The but, last phone call yeah. I got was one of the greatest family practice doctors, Melody Moe. Yep. And oh, she, yeah. She, she's a she. She called me yesterday. Oh, did she call yeah, yesterday? She yeah, she just called yeah, me. she did. So, so. She's uh, probably I, looking for me. I mean, if she, if she's, if she's listening in and she, she'll yeah. come after you. She'll yeah. come after you. Well, no, I, I plan on calling her this evening. Okay, good, yeah, good. Yeah, well, you tell yeah, her we mentioned her on yeah. air. And she'll I will. Either, she'll, she'll be. Either, I hopefully she'll I don't know if she'll like that or not. Yeah. All news is good. Well, since we've mentioned her, she's a primary care doctor out in Winter Garden. Yep, yep. Family practice. That's right. Uh, great practice. Yep. Great new person. practice. Yep. Yep. Not not that yep. new anymore. Not that new anymore. It's been she's around been, a while. Yeah, well, okay. I mean, she's got it down. It, it's yep. it, it doesn't feel new. Yeah. It doesn't feel cool. new. Yep. All right. So, man, we got we got sidetracked. That was my we fault. Did. Where, what are we going to yeah, next? Yeah. Let's let's talk about some trends. You know, employer sponsored health insurance, as we talked about, mm-hmm. half the country is characterized with increased double digit rate increases every year. Doctor Mark. And the cost sharing of the employer employee, I mean, the employee and dependents has continued to go up to where in the last five years, that out-of-pocket cost has doubled. Right, because you can't expect, so the employer has, they have a business. That's right. The business has a a set functioning budget that they have to meet. Right. And then they, then if they're, if they're successful, they've got a, a level of profit. So level of profit, yeah. modest level of profit. If you go in and increase your health care t- costs yep. by 9%, 9%, how, how do you afford yep. that? Yep. It's, I mean, it comes right off the top, yep. right? Well, so, so at some point, they just can't do it They anymore. just can't do it. Well, and, and to put that to numbers, it's estimated that a small to medium-sized employer, if they're providing benefits for their employees, normally it's just the employer. And if you add dependents, that's 100% cost the on the employee. Yeah, yeah just, just the employee. employee. And it's on the small to medium size, it's averaging anywhere from 12 to 14% contribution from the employee. Okay, When gotcha. you get to a larger... That's the increase of contribution. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's the percentage of the total cost that the employee pays, 12 em- to 14%. Okay. okay. But then in a larger firm, it's down as low as 6 to 7%. Just just because of the sheer size. Because of the sheer size. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's a, that's another piece that the insurance companies will charge different rates for different size. And, and yep. I get it. If I'm if I'm delivering donuts, I may give you a bulk discount yep. because my donuts come with a cost per unit. But you don't come with a cost per unit when you're selling health insurance. There's right. no delivery cost. Everything's kind of built in. So if you're going to sell ten yep. versus a hundred, yep. it can it can be the yep. same price, yep. Larry. Right. I mean, it doesn't. It, you don't have to pay that right. premium. And and I think the other trend in in 
private health insurance is more employers with 100 employees or more are realizing that Can't getting into a self-insured world, not being in a fully insured premium. Yep. Or they're, or they're splitting their company yeah. up. And uh, true. And or they don't offer benefits at all. Yep. Yep. And, and the other piece of that is when they get into a full a self-insured world, they can identify the benefits in a program that their employees don't need. Right. And, and so you don't out. pay for it. And they cut it out and can lower their premiums. Well, with Obamacare, there was an addition of a lot of benefits that some people didn't need. That's right. And so that that sort of changed the game, too. Now, adding in mental health, great. Support it a thousand percent, okay? Right. And and I hate when people say a thousand percent. But anyway, so uh, I totally support that. But then they were having folks that that didn't need any obstetrics care because they weren't childbearing and – they were having to pay for it, right? Right. So, so that that go, that folds over to these plans. It does, no, without a doubt. And the other thing is, you know, like I, that group that I'm going to see tonight. One of the big issues that they're looking at is they know that their employers, that you know, these they represent the employers, they're the right. brokers, sure, sure, and they represent multiple insurance companies and self-insured companies right. as well. You know, every year they're going back to their employers, say, "Well, your insurance is going to go up twelve percent, sixteen percent, twenty-one percent." There hasn't been a and year they, they haven't say, done that, never. And and so they're saying we can't keep doing this. So now they're starting to look for ways, whether it's going to a self-insured model, going to a direct primary care model to enhance the ability to cut cost for a premium for an employer, but also have better outcomes for those employers. Now, when could, what would prohibit them from going into a self-insured model? Uh, well, if you don't have enough lives, uh, anything under 50 employees would be prohibitive. Sure. Right, right. And the reason is if you had one catastrophic, your claims are going to be out of control and you're responsible. Right. See, in a self-insured model as an employer, you're paying claims, not premiums. Sure, sure. And you're paying a percent of admin for the whoever that is that's right. managing it. But but most of them, if if one person did have a catastrophic event, yep. they, they yep. usually max out. And then that's not doesn't count yeah. against the whole group. If you're right? a small employer and you want to get into the self-insured world, yeah. you better have a reinsurance program. Right. The reinsurance is the that's one that's it. going to cover those yeah. those things that's that right. you just can't that's predict. Right. Right. But once you – the more lives, the more you can spread the risk. Sure. And as a small employer, when you talk about the word – the R word, mm-hmm. risk, risk, very scary. Yep, yep. Very scary. Yeah. No, and that's not what you're looking for. You're not looking yep. to put your entire yep. company on the line. Exactly. To, to pay health care costs. Right. You know, but but it is, it's been a, it's a challenge. I mean, I, I guess there, there are a lot of industries that have year over year over year increases. Exactly. But this, it just seems like nobody's paying attention. I mean, nobody's watching well, the I numbers. I can tell you the employers are paying attention. Well, they are, but... Yeah. but because they know what they write the checks for every and month. The, and the insurers are paying the attention because they're all doing it yep. the same way. Exactly. And you may have one yep. coming into a new market that may yep. come in a little little low. You know, Blue Cross Blue Shield comes into a new area, yep. and they may undercut yep. Cigna, but that doesn't stick. Yeah. If two, you two want years beef, later... If you want to beef with a payer... Yep. You need to talk to their actuaries. Right. Because that's where the formulas are driven for these rate increases every year. I And yeah. they build in an annual trend rate every year, no they, matter what your premiums have been. But that's based on an expectation of a certain profit. It's the book of business. Right. Yeah. So so if, if they're the actuaries are only as good as the numbers that they get. That's right. And if they're given a number that we need this percent and this is our this is our base growth rate. 
then you're going to see an increase every year. Yep. And yep. and you can you can go back and dig in and complain that it's because of high drug costs or high equipment costs or whatever you want to say, but at the end of the day, you are just protecting yep. that profit. And I said it right. sounds crazy. I get it. I'd be yeah. I would yep. be fired in a yep. day as CEO of 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 a insurance <laughs> company actuary. when I when I walk in when I walk in and I say, "Okay, <clears throat> the way we're going to win here is make less money." It doesn't yep. make any sense. But right. every other group in healthcare has to make less money. Right. We're not allowed. It's not appropriate. Yep. Yep. So, so when the when big pharma, yep. when insurance yep. companies, yeah, you know, when, when we PBMs, talk about big pharma, do you need to make three billion dollars a month in profit? Yeah, exactly. Or a exactly. zillion dollars a and, month and, in profit. And they'll tell you that oh well, you know, we distribute that profit amongst our shareholders yeah. and we pay for research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for the that for one's, the world. That's real old. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so it gets to the point where, are, do we or do we not? want to decrease our health care expenditure. And the question in this room is clear, but when you talk to healthcare at large, the industry at large, there's no motivation, Larry. No. Well, it's two things. It's it's patient education, and that's what this show is all about. Sure. We're trying to help build educated healthcare consumers and then have a discussion about the entire complexity of our U.S. healthcare system, Dr. Mark. It's been a good discussion today. Yep, we'll pick it up again next week. See you next week. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. On Healthcare Now. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.